Hey, Joe, why was the snowman smiling? Why? He heard the snowblower was coming. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> this is a family-oriented program. The Manson family. Yeah. <laughs> um... Uh, again, belated happy uh, Thanksgiving. You had a, you had a nice time with the family. Who are you? <laughs> Is that was that what you said all day at the? <laughs> Welcome to Carnival Personnel, folks. Oh, I'm Jacques. I'm Joe. And now talk. Now to the me. pleasantries. Thanksgiving. Yeah. What about it? You want to fight? <laughs> no. I'm gay. Okay. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, we had a very missed opportunity, a very missed opportunity with Thanksgiving. We will rectify this situation next year. How have we not done an entire special dedicated to um, W? I know we talked about it, but WKRP all over the interwebs and Super 70 Sports on Twitter. It's the best. And uh, did you read the whole thread that they had? Like people quoting lines from it. And... No, I didn't get that deep into it. We're talking about the scene from WKRP in Cincinnati, the ill fated promotional stunt that uh, the station had done in one of their, I think, the, the most memorable episode from the show, if not all of okay. 70 sitcoms. Uh, thank you. I was going to say, it's not the most memorable episode of that. It's got to be top five seventies. Yes, it's the one where, for a promotional stunt, I think it was during the uh, like a Thanksgiving parade. I, I, honestly, I didn't see the entire episode growing up. I remember the line. I remember the the, the ending, but it's they were going to throw turkeys from a tall from well, their from their window. Well, well, people had, people had shown up for a turkey. Giveaway. A turkey giveaway. And they weren't expecting the turkeys, the live turkeys, to be dropped from uh, um, a, a, a helicopter. Oh, was it a helicopter? No, a helicopter I plane. thought it was their window. No. Oh, okay. No. And the great thing is, so Les Nesman is broadcasting the whole thing from the... And he goes, oh, and it's pulling a banner. W-K-R... <laughs> <laughs> like he didn't right. realize it was a station banner. He's there to report the news. Right? He's not there to assume. <laughs> and then the uh, uh, the turkey drop starts to happen, and it was akin to the Hindenburg because he does say, "Oh, the humanity." Yes. Uh, oh, what is it? The, the turkeys have have hit the ground <laughs> with as much force. As a, a bag of tomatoes, they're dropping like bags of wet cement. <laughs> and then, of course, Gordon Jump, who played uh, the general manager, Mr. Carlson. Stage, Mr. Carlson, he comes up with, I think, Herb Tarlick next to him, covered in feathers and <laughs> other things, and he's trying to explain himself out. And he says the seminal, seminal line: "As God is my witness, I swear I thought turkeys could fly." <laughs> And so, I've told the story where Biff and I are driving from L.A. to Scottsdale for a hockey tournament, and we're two and a half, three hours out of L.A., four hours before Scottsdale, smack dab in the middle of desert, absolutely nowhere where you get excited because you might see a, you know, a, a, a speed limit sign every 40 miles, you know, and... Uh, I think it was John called and said, hey, where are you guys? And Biff, without blinking, says Otisburg, which is akin to Superman 1. And I thought that I, I've i never loved a man more than I love Biff in that moment. And 
I oh my love for Biff only grew a little more where my birthday a uh, month later he got us Otisburg t-shirts. It was a you know a map <laughs> of California and it showed right you know where Otisburg was from the movie. That said, scrolling down, there was a lot of people who had commemorative shirts actually as if they bought them for the turkey drop like krp was giving away t-shirts the day of the drop there's a couple of those t-shirts and uh my christmas will be ruined if i don't have (laughs) under the tree um if that's a subtle hint to anybody um i'm uh i'm not good at dropping hints (laughs) are you good at dropping turkeys (laughs) now the other thing that we um We've we've done the whole we did it the whole rundown of Halloween specials last year. We did the whole rundown of Christmas specials. How did we not do a complete sideshow based on the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving? Because it's awful. That's why we haven't done a sideshow. Awful good? No. Awful some? No, not awful some. I I do I do not like it, Sam I am. Um, you know, so, if you follow me on Twitter at OptiGrabber, I don't, know why, should. I don't know why I'm promoting this. Only because uh, it actually got a bit... I tweeted out something on Thanksgiving, my hot take on how the, the, the whole premise of Thanksgiving Charlie Brown or Charlie Brown Thanksgiving is awful. It, I wrote, it's frustrating, it goes nowhere, and Pepper Patty is master level, a master shake level asshole. In the episode, Master Shake, that's like wow, uh, throwing a little awkward teen hunger for. I love the character of Master Shake because he's such, such a, a such an asshole, and Peppermint Patty is n- close second. Um, she is, um, what's the word that starts with a C? <laughs> you next Tuesday? Yeah, well, no, okay, she's not. I don't know. It's, it's a, uh, she's a girl. It's a little girl in the show, so I, I, I'm not gonna say that about a little girl, um, but she will eventually grow up to be. <laughs> if she, she, I know she's trying to come off as like this brash, you know, take charge, like, come on, Chuck, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to pull you out of your shell and I'm going to make you do stuff that's out of your comfort zone and you're going to like it. And I don't know. Sodomized him. Yes, right. Um, I, I, the whole Thanksgiving Day special stunk. He, he he was gonna go to his grandmother's house, but the kids. What was it? She invo- she she invited herself over for Thanksgiving, and then invited over all of the friends over, and w- decided, well, we're gonna put on our own Thanksgiving, and we're gonna seat Franklin on one side of the table. Franklin being the black character. And everybody else is gonna sit on the other side of the well, table, like the original Thanksgiving. I mean, there was only two seats on the other side, right? No, there was four. Oh! <laughs> four. But then, of course, Marcy sat on the one head of the table and uh, Charlie Brown sat on the other end. Or was it Snoopy? I forget. Well, either way. Snoopy was one of the four on the other side. Either way, um, it's an awful, uh, terrible special. Um, it's, you know, one of many Charlie Brown specials, but none of it could really match up to the classic, uh, good-natured, wholesome, original Charlie Brown Christmas. Uh, I tweeted that out. It got uh, picked up a little bit and it got some steam, you know? It did. It got me steamed. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's why we have not done a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving sideshow 
Cause it blows. Um, you know, you know, we also were a year again. Again, colorful personnel is so ahead of the curve. We last year did our holiday special, our, our Star Wars holiday special. Had we waited, uh, it's the 40th anniversary. You was it yesterday? I think yesterday yeah. was the 40th anniversary of the airing of that. You mean last Thursday, Thanksgiving? Or Thor. Isn't isn't that what I said? Like, (laughs) (laughs) whatever, man. I don't know what day it is. But yes, this past week was the 40th anniversary of of the Star Wars holiday special. I don't know. There's just, there's, there's too much pop culture to reference nowadays. We've, uh, we're beyond the pale as far as pop culture goes. But so your Thanksgiving, fantastic, loud, you know, a lot, a lot of people over. Yeah. Um, Same here. You know, it was, uh, it was, it was everything you want. Um, not as uh, eggshelly as the one two years earlier. Yeah, right. You know, because it's normalized now. It, you know, yeah. It, it, I mean, no one just talks about it. You, you know, it's like you're not going to sway them. They're not going to sway you. And honestly, there was nothing egregiously awful the couple days before. Right. It's not like it was in the midst of the Kavanaugh thing. But it's funny. It did come up in conversation, and somebody who feels differently than I do politically, no names mentioned, my mom, uh, somebody picked up my blue Patriot hat with the old logo on it and said, oh, is this new? I'm like, well, no, it's newer, but for the last umpteen years, I will I only wear a, a Patriot hat with the old logo, um, and honestly, the Patriot hat that I've worn for years and years and years is red. And I said, yeah, I can't wear the hat I used to anymore. And one of my cousins like, why not? I'm like, well, I'm a middle-aged, overweight, white guy who if somebody sees me from more than three feet away and sees that it's a Patriot hat and sees me wearing a red hat, uh, I know the optics. <laughs> I don't want to play into those optics. I mean, it's funny. I hadn't seen Steve our friend Steve, in teen years, and when he saw me for the first time, maybe six, seven months ago, he, I was wearing that Patriot hat. But and I had completely forgotten all the time that we were doing um, formal edition. I always had, and I don't know why. One day I just picked up an old St. Louis Cardinals hat. I didn't like the St. Louis Cardinals. I, I was a Red Sox fan, but for some reason I wore uh, St. Louis Cardinals hat for a few years. And Steve thought it was like the same hat. I'm like, no, it's a pad hat. But like, I can't. And, and, and my mother's like, why not? Well, that's ridiculous. It's like, yeah, you can say that. Guess what else is ridiculous? <laughs> you know, raking the forest leaves. But uh, I don't want to get you know too down now. So let's... So, I don't want to leave about leave Thanksgiving. I want to kind of yeah, yeah. segue into... What you were kind of leading up to, starting off with last week about how, as I'm chewing on a breadstick, <laughs> how you were going to, you know, do something about uh, watching your weight. Well, well why, why don't you... How's that going? Why don't we break down the fourth wall? Why don't you just read down the, 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 the list of, of our, our talking points? On the paper, it says, fat shame update. Who am I kidding? <laughs> so I did last week, came in, uh, uh, you know, tipping the skills at a... You know, quaint 260, and I wanted to jumpstart my program. It's Thanksgiving. Now, I can't use the excuse it's between Thanksgiving and Christmas. I can't lose like 10 pounds, but it's like, yeah. So, you know, I'm in here recording last Sunday, <laughs> just <laughs> days before Thanksgiving. And, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll start. I, 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 will, I will start the fat shaming for reals uh, next week. Best to start your weight loss program during the holiday season in America. Great 
idea. So let's get right into the holidays. Have you seen the new Deadpool trailer for the PG version? Of course. How can I not? It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, let's spoil it for the people. If you haven't seen it by this point, uh, fuck you. It's uh, so Deadpool is being re-released into movie theaters this holiday season. PG thirteen. They're pulling out most of the fucks, if not all the fucks. Uh, all the really the, anything that gave them an R rating for the original Deadpool movie, they're making now a PG like the whole baby dick thing. Yes, <laughs> right. Well, that was was that one or two? That was two. Deadpool that, two. That was two, right? Yeah. Uh, is this Deadpool two being re released? Uh, isn't it? Oh, okay. I, honestly, I thought I'm kind of confused. Uh, either way, I'm gonna go. But go ahead. Okay, so the trailer is Deadpool holding a storybook of the Deadpool 2 movie, I guess. And he's reading in sort of a bedtime story fashion to Fred Savage in bed, the same bedroom as the Princess Bride. And he's wearing the same Chicago Bears pajama top. Um, and it's it's just fantastic. And and But he's, you know... He's Fred Savage now. He's like, you know, 42-year-old Fred Savage. Not having any of it. <laughs> right. Uh, what was the, the exchange that he had? Well, like, he claimed he was kidnapped. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, or no, what was the thing where they were having a disagreement? Um, agreed to disagree. And then Fred Savage, I forget what Fred Savage said, but, like, Deadpool, a.k.a. Ryan Reynolds, is like, I liked you much better younger. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you go see the trailer. We're ruining it as we do as everything. We do now, um, I accidentally, not accidentally, it was just on, and mom-in-law was, uh, you know, um, sitting watching the Macy's Parade. I actually watched, and that's when I had text you, because I was like, oh, please tell me. that." And then I'm like, no, I think it's a Rose Bowl Parade. That Molly Shannon and Will Ferrell do the uh, the court and Tish and Tim Meadows. Yeah, they did that for the royal wedding too. Oh, but but it, but they do. It's a rose and the, the tournament of roses. Parade. Two or three years they've been doing the royal. Yeah, yeah, they did it. Uh, they did it like on Amazon Prime uh, one year. So I was watching it. And I'm like, oh, I hope I can do this. Yeah. So I'm watching it, and it's it is what it is. I mean, it's like. Uh, could could they they could replay any parade in the last ten years and I I how would I possibly know? And every two or three floats there's somebody singing and whether it's somebody from the Voice or it's this person or that person. Did you see the lip sync fail? No. Oh, there was a major and even the boys and and management who was getting ready to get stuff together to go over to my mom's house looked up and they're like, oh wow, is that? It, it, it's like she equated management equated it to, um, as blatant as the Ashley Simpson one on Saturday Night on, Live. on Saturday Night Live. Definitely as bad as that. It was off by five or six seconds. Um, on, on live national TV, <laughs> you know. Uh, was this the first? Uh like I'm asking you, like you would know. Maybe this is the second year without Matt Lauer. How long Ooh. ago was the Matt Lauer thing? Was that this year? I think it's his first year, right? Oh uh, yeah. But yeah, so it was Al Roker, Savannah Guthrie, and Hoda Kotb doing the commentary. We caught the last of it, but then you know what? We stuck around for the um, the not the Westminster Kennel Kennel Dog Show because aren't they in hot water too? We we, we did too. Yeah, we watched the dog show afterwards. Well, that you know that's sort of tradition. But did you see the clip? Online about 
the guy who ate the dog food? Yes, like there, there was a part where he's holding the dog up, and you know, if he does something, he gets a treat. Like the dog gets a treat, and then the dog didn't do it, so the the trainer just like ate the fucking treat. It. Yeah, it's like, well, how is that autistic? Kind of weird. And um, I'm I'm gonna say, going back a step to the fat shaming. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I feel much better about myself at 260 after seeing the guy who ate the dog food. It's like, um, but we were watching it, and I kept wanting it to be, because the voice who does it is... Um, John O'Hurley. Right, and and he's, I'm just waiting for it to be a complete, and he, he, he got the gay because he makes it lighthearted and makes a couple jokes here and there, but it doesn't go the next step. And I keep waiting for it to kind of go that next step. But we watched like two rounds of dogs and I'm like, I don't like dog breeding. I don't like, and I do love the movie best in show. And again, where I thought spinal tap was the funniest movie ever made until I was in a touring band and then realized it's pretty much a straight up documentary, not a mockumentary. I can't help but think that, yeah, they pretty much probably nailed to a T that subculture. Yeah. My kids were into watching the dog show, but that is now going to be required viewing as best in show. Um, and every time we hear it again, Will Farrow had a, skit on Saturday Night Live called Dog Show. And every time you heard Dog Show, it's... Uh-huh. Dog, dog Show. show. <laughs> was that with Molly Shannon, too? Yes. Okay. So they've been working this magic forever. So when you hear John O'Hurley's voice, I'm like, I'm just waiting for him to take it to the absurd level. <laughs> no chance, man. No chance. He's a straight shooter. So anyways, um, yeah, and uh, afterwards, later in the day, you watch your... You know, the, 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 did the Lions win? No. no. Okay, I'm just making sure I wasn't, you know, I, I was half watching the game, but, you know, I, was, I, I basically wanted to say you, you saw your annual sacrificing, sacrifice of the Lions to whomever they were playing. They were playing the Bears, right? And they have been, and, I, you know, I don't have the Wikipedia up, and I'm not a Wikipedia of knowledge with anything, but them in Dallas have had the Thanksgiving game. My, it, since the 90s. It, uh, probably. The 80s. And the thing is, the Lions have always been awful. And I'm going to say, if the Lions have had a Thanksgiving Day game the last 40 years, I don't think they've won five of them. I, I really don't. And I don't understand how they keep getting, like, what what deal with the devil was made way back when that they got it. It's the Dome Stadium. It's the, right? It's got to be. I, I would think. I mean, Or but, maybe because it was the largest venue at the time. Because, yeah, because the Cowboys, even if the Cowboys suck, Jerry's world is sold out. There's like 100-plus thousand people there. But, I mean, at what point do the people in Detroit like, no, come on. You know, can we can we not do this? Can we not be, uh, again, beat up on national TV? Can we just stay home, eat our turkeys, and pretend that our lives don't suck? Uh, no chance, baby. And so, uh, but during those, saw the commercial for a couple great movies or a couple interesting movies. Um, uh, Step Brothers Part Two is coming out. I see <laughs> um, with a Sherlock Holmes twist. Okay, that was not Step Brothers. It's the John C. Riley and Will Ferrell um, movie where he Will Ferrell plays Sherlock Holmes and John C. Riley is Doctor Watson. 
Um, yeah, it looks interesting. But then what everybody's calling the live action Lion King. And it's just like, did you see any humans? Did you see anything that wasn't CG generated? Like, it, it's still animated. It's not... It's a you know it's a photorealistic version of the Lion King. It's you know it's a modern computer <coughs> generated, but um, but the cast is like phenomenal too. It's got you know Seth Rogen and uh, John Oliver. I guess who's doing like the when I saw the credits roll on the commercial, I'm like, oh, well, I guess it has to have some comic relief in there. Well, you've not you. Revealed to me earlier today that you've not seen the original Lion King. Not the whole way through. I mean, bits and parts, you know, with here and there. But no, I've never sat down and made it through the whole thing. Uh, uh, The Penguins of Madagascar? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Just as culturally revealed. And then Ricky Gervais later, uh, the day after the trailer release, he goes, um, I play a small part as the... The dentist who gets to pay $50,000 to shoot Mufasa. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. He never misses an opportunity to be awesome. Awfulsome. Um, But it looks like it's going to be interesting. A lot of people are excited about it. You know, it's as long as it's a good story, it's not going to ruin anybody's childhood. You know, Um, I don't think there are any humans in there. So I think it's pretty much going to be, you know, another multi gajillion dollar movie making. Experience and that coming out the same time that the live action Aladdin is. I don't know. Probably not. Why? Would, why? What? They, what, what, what they, why, yeah. What's the motivation there? So speaking of uh, being fingers on the pulse, uh, I also over Thanksgiving watched uh, Ant Man because my brother's like, "You got to watch it." I got through it. Ant Man oh, and the Wasp. Ant Man and the Wasp. It was okay. I missed like, the last twenty minutes. Fell asleep. Not because it was bad. It was just I was watching it late. And he's like, "You got to watch it tonight." And I'm like, oh, "I'll watch it the next night." And I saw him at Thanksgiving. He's like, "No, movie's fine. He's all right. It's not my favorite, but you got to go watch the cutscene." And I did. And hopefully, Joe and I will talk about that next week. But this past Thursday, we did our Stan Lee uh, podcast tribute. Were we the only podcast that did a Stan Lee retrospective? Uh, I think they called us the definitive. Okay. Stanley retrospective on, on the internet. And then today, uh, Joseph and myself, we went with our uh, offspring to see. Um, no, don't, don't, don't. Rec- uh, Ralph breaks the internet. Yep. Wreck it, Ralph, too. Ralph okay. breaks the internet. Uh, what was the big takeaway there? What was a little surprise? My money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the big surprise there? Um, was there a big surprise? Oh, yes. They enter the internet, as you know. The uh, characters Vanellope and Wreck-It Ralph, they go through the <coughs> electrical co- cables somehow and get into the internet like they used to get into the all the other arcade games that were plugged in the same power strip. And um, they enter like the Disney section of the internet. And uh, they go by all of your favorite Disney and Marvel and Muppet Show characters, including Stan Lee. Briefly, you see Stan Lee, almost like a uh, Funko Pop version of Stan Lee. Right. But he doesn't talk. He's just, you, you know, it's Stan Lee. And then even your young one said, it's Stan Lee! And we said, we know, idiot. <laughs> God. Actually, we did say you <laughs> But that was fun. And at least, so that's like... Okay, you know that that's going to be the first of many future Stan Lee 
visual cameos that you'll see in future Marvel movies and Disney movies. So it was nice. It was nice. Um, I like the movie, Record Ralph 2. Very fun. much so. Yeah. The, 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 uh, and my favorite scenes were involving the Disney princesses. That was, I think, the best. It wasn't ruined by the um, trailers in which you keep seeing like the princesses over and over. But yeah, that was definitely. And I don't think they missed a one. No, they got them all. Yep. All, all had their little moment to shine. It was good. It, I mean, it, it's funny, you know, um, they got all the pop culture references in there. They got all the big websites, you know, in there. I thought it at first it, was, it took its while, it took a while. To, like, you weren't put off by the movie. You weren't thinking, oh, it's more of the same or whatever. But it really kicked in once they got to the Disney section because they started to take jabs at their own uh, their own IPs. Full-on swings and uppercuts, not little right. jabs. And nice, interesting new characters as well, because they go to other zones and areas of the internet. So it was fun. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't as abysmal as what I heard the Emoji movie was. Oh. Yeah. I still don't. No, we're not even. We're not. Talk don't about even that. talk about just, it. Just erase that. <laughs> I don't. I don't mean from the podcast. From memory, the fact that there was one. I know. Yeah. Even though Stephen Wright was in it. Was he, he really? Yes. He was like the the kind of the the poop. No, he was like the what did he, the raised eyebrow one or yeah I don't know it was whatever. Why am I talking about I the Emoji know. movie? God damn it! Because it keeps us from going into the election. Ah! There's there's still undecided. I think there's one more undecided. Well, there's a special election in Mississippi for a senator. It's being held uh, next month. And and just to, just to review, the woman running on the GOP ticket in the last couple of weeks has been quoted as saying, half-jokingly, but yeah, we should find a way to keep liberals from voting. She also... Um, you know, was photographed going to a Civil War museum wearing a, you know, a Confederate soldier's hat and gun. She also said something else really egregious. I'm trying to think what she's just another another awful GOP person, but it was close enough where they have to redo it. Um, but I can't believe that now we're three weeks past the election and we're still we're still electing, baby. You know, um, but now, 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 let's turn the page and start looking forward to the um, firing squad that the Democrats are always good at putting together when they are in power. And who's their target this time? Well, it's a circular firing squad, <laughs> uh, which is their uh, they're known to do. And this time, they're going after Nancy Pelosi hard. And you know who's been going after Nancy Pelosi hard for the last two years? The Republicans. And so it's like, no, you guys, that's their propaganda. It's, it's oh, so. And here's here's one of the things. It's like, no, you guys. Uh, let's say you don't like her. The optics. Of, okay. No the, way. <laughs> the optics of putting a man up for Speaker of the House, where you just rode a woman's wave to power. Like there, there was more women who ran. Than the history, more women elected ever in one election in history, more women voted ever in, in, a, in a midterm election um, for the Democrats in history. The optics of saying, that's great, we're going to take her out of the one woman in power who's, who literally has fought for you know health care, who, who has been fighting the fight. And, and you have to stop and think, if she wasn't 
a good politician, if she wasn't an effective speaker of the House or a leader, would the Republicans be running so hard against her? They weren't running against anybody else as hard in this midterm election. It's like, you can't let Nancy Pelosi take over. And it's like, okay, if if you got the House, but you're still following through on their agenda of taking her out, is it's so, I don't know. I don't know how closely you've been following it. Um, What's the follow? I mean, I mean, well, there's plenty to follow, but I have not been following how vehemently, if vehemently, the Democrats are lobbying to oust Nancy Pelosi or replace her with somebody else. Who are the people that are they were tossing around as maybe being replaced? They, they weren't. They specifically like this person, that person's running. A lot of the freshman class had run in purple states saying, oh, they're not for Nancy Pelosi. Like, they had to take the GOP line of, like, yes, I disagree with the president or this, but you know what? But I will not support Nancy Pelosi when I get in there. A couple of those people have backed off of saying that since then, but just the Democrats already getting ready to, you know, like I said, the circular firing squad. Shoot themselves right in the foot, the balls, the chest, the tits, the everything. And so, you know, it is. It's like, okay. But I did like the fact that, you know, it's it's funny. Like, we are we had already talked that, like, Mitch McConnell had turned around. When we talked about this just a week ago, Mitch McConnell turned around and he warned them to not do an overreach, to not do too many investigations, to, you know, to reach across the aisle and work. It's like, dude, um, we won't do anything about, like, just, just any time you hear Republicans say, well, I hope the Democrats are going to reach across the aisle and work and not like abuse politics. Merrick Garland. That's yeah. all, you, all you have to say is Merrick Garland and just move on. But Lindsey Graham last week said, well, I know they have a lot of investigations they're going to do. Should I even try to do Lindsey no, Graham? No, that's a good okay. one. I like it. I know they have a lot of investigations to do. I've always rec- <laughs> I've, I've always, always depended rec- on the kindness of strangers. Um, sorry about that. That's- no, by, you don't apologize unless I <laughs> boo and throw this cheesy breadstick at your face. Would, Would you, you throw eat? the cheesy breadstick? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm going to start the fat shaming myself next week. We talked about that. Anyways, but Lindsey Graham is like, but we're going to do investigations of her own. Uh, we're going to take another look at Hillary Clinton's emails. Like the first investigation that he wants to go after is the emails. And then two days later, it comes out. Uh, turns out um, uh, Blotus is, you know, Donnie Two Scoops, uh, Cheetolino, uh, Cadet Bone Spurs, his wife. I'm sorry, his daughter. Yeah. Is there a difference? It's up for debate. Uh, yeah, I guess, you know, she, for the first few months in office, was using a personal email, although she was told not to. So was Mike Flynn. So was Jared Kushner. So all these, but it came out really big that, and then they're trying to say, family's off limits. It's like, no, when she's an advisor and you ran a campaign for two years about lock her up, lock her up, and then do the same thing. It's not the same thing. It's completely different because she's not Hillary Clinton. Yeah, right. <laughs> they've now she's o- hotter. Wait a minute. They've, they've not wrong. Now officially, officially, officially have done absolutely everything they accused Hillary Clinton of doing. Absolutely. Uh, at this point, 
at this point, I would start going through the D.C. area looking for pizza parlors that do have sex slaves, <laughs> children in the basement, because everything that they've claimed that she was going to do, they, they've done. But, you know, I, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole anymore. But, yeah, Nancy Pelosi, let's have some consistency. It's like, yes, we have new blood in there. There's new energy in the Democratic Party. The, the number of freshmen, you know, Democrats who have coming into the House is record number. The swing is now 40. It's now 40-seat difference. I mean, that's a – when you're talking a governing body of that, that size, 40-seat swing is – that is a wave. Not a tsunami. Didn't take the house, but it's, it's, it, it, it is great. But we need somebody who's been there. You know, it's like don't reinvent the wheel now. And they put out their agenda that one of their first things on the agenda is campaign reform or, um, or, or election reform. Like, you know, because they know – they might have had a tsunami if the the Atlanta race and the Florida governor race. There was lots those two big races, the 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 Georgia governor, the race. Georgia governor race, and the Florida governor race, uh, where there was absolute absolute criminal and I ab- not metaphor, not hyperbole, absolute criminal um, voter suppression that went on there. So if we can get away with that, but anyways, you know, for once, for once. For once, now that you're in here, you know, you know, no, we're the people's Judeo front. <laughs> Die, Splinter. <laughs> we're the people's front of Judeo. No, people's front of Judea. Um, uh, so here's a here was a a little bit of a positive thing from an unexpected source. Um, um, I, again, I just even hate saying his name. I don't want Joe to get out the whistle, but um, Benedict Donald was. Upset that one of his um, one of his awful things is that he wanted to enact is is being overruled by a federal judge in the Ninth District, mm-hmm. to which he said, you know, well that's just an Obama judge who made that ruling, like diminishing, like basically saying we don't have to listen to the federal judge because he was an Obama judge and you fault this Judge Roberts. Did you see what he came back with almost immediately? No. So Judge Roberts, you know, very conservative, a George Bush appointee, uh, you, you know, always the swing vote. He has said flat out, he tweeted it flat out right back at Donald Trump. Um, there are no Obama judges. There are no Bush judges. There are no Clinton judges. There are judges. And on this Thanksgiving, we should all be very thankful for an independent judiciary. I mean, flat out, like, and and we know there's all been been these very political, the two Supreme Court justices. There are big Trump judges. There are big Trump judges Starting to trend. Starting to trend. But at least Roberts has come out and said, look, this is what makes, this is part of America, the fact. And we know it's not as independent as it, it's always been politicized to a point, but now it's at, you know, now it's become a sport. My team is winning. My team has more judges. But it was really nice that he was rebucked instantly from somebody on the Supreme Court saying that. And I'm sure he took it to heart and he'll never do it again. And speaking of Supreme Court judges, you've heard about Pete Davidson's new tattoo? No, I have not. You really haven't? No, I haven't. He got in. So, wait, last last week I gave you your Pete Davidson news, and now you're going to give me my Pete Davidson news. So I guess he has a history of, like, tattooing over tattoos, like girlfriends, faces that he had tattooed on him that he was in love with. He has the new love of his life tattooed, I guess, on his right shoulder. Who's that? 
the notorious Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> Not kidding. He 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 got Ruth Bader Ginsburg tattooed on him. Great. Um, Hopefully that we all know how well things go when things are tattooed on Pete Davidson. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, wait a second. But but I mean, when you see Pete Davidson, do you think that this is the guy who's like getting notorious? You know, RBG. You know. It doesn't matter. He's already put the hex on her. A um, couple of weeks. I give her a couple of weeks. God damn don't, it. Thanks, Pete. Don't, don't. Thanks, Pete. So the other the other news that broke this week is it came out during Watergate. And, and it's funny. If you, if you go back and you hear it, one of the people who was subpoenaed, who testified in front of the Watergate hearing, was a White House, the, the White House chief counsel. And they were questioning him about a great number of things. The people who had subpoenaed him, who had questioned him beforehand, who brought him to be questioned, were unaware of what he was about to bring up in the hearing, that that Nixon had an enemies list. And he, he, he routinely had the enemies list updated. He had a hit list in which he would order... Uh, the IRS to go after this person. He would order different invest. He had an ongoing and, and when they said it's like, yeah, there's an enemies list. Would you like to see it? And all the judge, uh, all the senators. Keep in mind, Nixon was a Republican. The House and Senate were controlled by Republicans. It was a Republican Senate that impeached Nixon, and they went to him and said, "You are going to be indicted as a co-conspirator to this." Here's all the evidence. That's why Nixon resigned. It wasn't because he knew. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but anyways, they were like, "There's a real enemies list." It's like, <laughs> well, this and he and he went on, and it's it's on the net. You can see it all. I mean, it was all like recorded. But he went on to describe how the enemies list came about, how it was routinely updated, and what happened. Well, now it's just come out in the past week since our last podcast that Blotus flat out has said, you know, to his. Uh, is it McGahn, his, 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 the White House counsel? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that he he wants to go after, you know, Comey after he fired Comey for not backing off of the Russian thing, and he fired him. He wanted an investigation and basically a lock him up thing. He and, and the same thing with Hillary, and McGahn had told him, "It's like, okay, um, I know you're not a big reader and a big fan of uh, history." This is exactly the thing that was that all the other stuff is going to be your downfall. This puts it on one of those super Japan fast train, <laughs> bullet train type things. This okay, you are now warming up the knife and somebody's about to put the butter in front of you. Right. When you absolutely positively have to get impeached overnight. <laughs> it's it's like so yeah, so and so so the uh so the Senate decided, oh, this news came out. Well, maybe it's a good idea to uh, to re-subpoena Comey. And they sent a subpoena. Uh, Comey was served a subpoena on Thanksgiving, and to which he instantly said, I just got a subpoena. I am more than happy to come in and talk. I will not come in and talk in a closed-door setting because I've seen how bits and pieces are cherry-picked out and quote-unquote leaked to the media. I want to have an open hearing and let's invite everybody because that's exactly what happened last time. It's like they did, you know, 10 hours of testimony. They took five minutes of testimony out of context and released that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so company's like, I am more than happy to come in. 
Let's put it on live TV. Ask all the questions you want. I'm happy to answer them. Now, does Comey really have any say in that? I mean, it's a subpoena. Well, yeah, but but you can. You can say, I mean, that's the thing. You can say, I will cooperate in an open setting, but I want the I want the questions that you have, unless you have something to hide, ask me these questions in an open setting. Okay. And when he laid that out there, so if you want to have the secret backdoor thing, it's like, I will go in there, and I'm telling you right now, I'll plead the fifth on everything. Uh, he's not saying this, but you can say that. It's like, look, I don't trust your process, but let's put it out in the open, and if you won't put, I'll come in. You don't have to subpoena me. I'm happy. I will show up Monday morning. I don't need to prep for any of this because you don't. You know what? When you're not about to tell a lot of lies, you don't got to get your story straight. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so if they won't meet in public, well, then they have a, a, an agenda that they're hiding. Well, so. they're trying to rake him over the coals. <laughs> what, speaking of raking, <laughs> well. Uh, you know, it is fun. It's it's great that uh that our friends in Finland don't have the forest fires that we've had in California. Why? It's it's it, it, some people, some people, crazy people say, well, they're a Scandinavian country that's gets covered with snow nine months of the year, and the other three months of the year they have mud because the snow had just melted. By the way, in those three months when it's not snowing, it happens to rain a lot. Nothing to do with it. They rake their forest, Joe. They rake their forest. Wow. You know who told us they rake their forest? Who? Their president. Oh. Oh, wait. No, he didn't. No, no. <laughs> and in fact, when uh, when Diane Two Scoop said, yeah, the president of Finland told me that, instantly the president's like, we've never talked about this. <laughs> in fact, we've never talked. <laughs> and to which... I think the official White House response was, no, 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 I can't hear you. I can't hear you. No, 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 no. I'm too busy raking here. I can't hear you over the rustling of the leaves. So when you, when we went back and said, oh, man, wasn't it great that the world laughed at Blotus at the UN? And you're like, no, that's, that, that they're laughing at us. Like, yeah. whether we like it or not. Was it a funny moment when they burst out laughing at his face? Yeah, that was a fun little moment. Embarrassing as all fuck. The I did before Ralph broke the internet today. Uh, I believe Finland broke the internet with an overwhelming amount of clips of people out there raking. <laughs> did you see all the trolling? I did not. I mean, they had groups of like dozens of people, well choreographed, like you know, doing raking skits and leaves, and it's oh like the world is laughing at us again because they, they can afford to. That's why. You know, speaking of afford to. Uh-huh. Well, oh, we need to afford this podcast. And we also have to pretend that we're getting paid by sponsors to pay for this podcast that we really just paid for out of our own pocket. It's a long story. Anyway, listen to this defunct sponsor of the week. I'm home, Elaine. Jerry, I just had a great idea. This is where I always get a funny feeling in my stomach. I'm going to write a new jingle for Building 19. Building 19 doesn't have an old jingle. Doesn't matter. We need to tell people how they can save money every day on great merchandise. We can do it without a jingle. Listen, save, save, save your dough. Our prices do the trick. When people see what you have bought... I know they will be sick. You ruin the whole mood. Let's just stick to good stuff cheap. We can stop the defunct sponsor anytime you want to get Mr. Sanders back in here <laughs> to do squatty potty ads. I will take those gladly over to defunct sponsor. Oh, man. I guess it's more defunct sponsors for us. Joe. Yes. Who's the greatest hockey player to ever grace 
the Boston Garden Ice. Bobby Orr? Not even close. Well, no. Okay. Okay. The New Garden. Oh, the New the Garden. New Gar- Let's go with the New Garden. Oh, gee. Um, oh, I, I, you still- Wrong. The greatest hockey player to ever grace the beloved Spoke B at the Boston Garden would be my niece. Oh. So my niece, who's a 10-year-old hockey phenom. My niece. My niece. I, I, I'm one of those guys, and we've talked about this on the podcast, when you got kids playing the same sport year-round and not diversifying, you, you know, there's the fear of burning them out, the pressure. I mean, when you got a kid playing on two or three travel teams playing six, seven times, seven games a week at a young age, I mean, the cost and all this. And, you know, when you have people talk about, and we've talked about this, you know, uh, a great interview I heard with an author who wrote a book and she talked to 20 different college coaches about this. And, you know, one of the softball coaches said, look, if you're trying to get a scholarship, by the time you're done with uh, the league fees, the travel fees, the batting coach, the fielding coach, the pitching coach, all this, the equipment, the special equipment. By the time you get to college, you paid for college. Uh, the other one, I remember she talked to like the baseball coach at Arizona State, which is a baseball factory, and he said a similar thing. He said, if you really want to get a scholarship for your kid, get a math tutor. There's a hundred academic scholarships for every one academic, or there's a hundred academic scholarships for every one athletic scholarship. And if you blow your knee out, you don't lose your scholarship if you're on the math team. Uh, you know, so so that said, the exception to the rules are when you have somebody who lives for it, like, like I did, you know, as a kid. And that's my niece. You cannot get her off the ice. If she's not playing, she's playing like, you know, the PS4 hockey. She's out, you know, my brother has a little rink in the backyard in the winter. Um, so she plays on a couple teams. She plays on one of these select um under 10, 10 and under teams in this past Sunday at the garden, they had a three on three tournament and it was three divisions under 15, under 12 or 15 and under 12 and under 10 and under and both the boys and girls division, the winning team in each of those, you know, those age groups and uh, are, were the, are going to be the guests of the Boston Bruins at the all-star game in San Jose next month Fan- or in January. Fantastic. And, my my niece, um, and and I say this as a proud uncle, but also honestly, her team, uh, led by her, she led the holding and scoring, just completely, you know, dominated. Um, you know, I, I post a, a proud clip in which she scores two goals inside a minute on it. Um, so she 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 won that, and it's great. They give him a little cup to skate around and stuff like that. But uh, it's it's a little three on three thing. And she got interviewed by Ness and after, but after the girls division, it was the three boys division. And we're talking, you had to qualify for this tournament. You couldn't just sign up. Your team had to win its conference, its big thing. So she had to win two different tournaments to get to that. Yes, I'm bragging. I'm going on. Now, after all the games were played, one boy and one girl each, um, it doesn't matter the age, all of them competed in a shootout contest. And the winning boy and the winning girl get to be on the ice with the NHL players at the skills competition the day before the NHL All-Star Game that is televised. My niece won that. 
Wow. Wow. So yeah. I'm going on a limb and saying the greatest hockey player to grace the uh, TD Garden ice would be my niece, Julia. Well, congratulations, Julia. And congratulations to Jacques for being a proud uncle. Yes. And not just a creepy uncle. <laughs> Can it be both? <laughs> uh, and and of course, and I and I mean this, and this is one of the great things about being back here. Every kid out there had mom and dad and a couple siblings, maybe grandma or not. Uh, my niece had twenty people, of course, in the stands. Were uh, they loud? Uh, you know what? It was hard to hear how loud everybody else was over my mom, but uh, but I think I, I think everybody was. But it it, it was it was it, it was really great. So that's uh. Uh, that's it for hockey for me. So I guess you're going to San Jose. You know, um, <laughs> I, I bet my mom will go. But do you know the way there? <laughs> if I, that song, if if two days from now I'm driving and that song is stuck in my head, <laughs> I'm driving over here and kicking your ass. Uh, Please do. Hopefully it takes <laughs> me out so I don't have to do another one of these stupid things. Um, speaking of taking you out, so... We've talked about the Patriots are just not the Patriots. Tom Brady, he hasn't fallen off that cliff yet, but... Uh, Is this the end of Tom Brady? Call it, 88. <laughs> <laughs> but he he uh, he's not in the top 10 in yards, touchdown passes, isn't interceptions. Um, but this past week, the New York Post, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, their back page on uh, Wednesday, Weekend at Gronkies. And they have Bill Belichick and Tom Brady holding up the corpse of Rob Gronkowski, who has been a shell of himself this season and, and basically calling out because they play the uh, J-E-T-S suck, suck, suck yesterday, yesterday. and which uh, Gronk didn't take it very well, scored three touchdowns, <laughs> and there's talk of the demise of the Patriot dynasty has been put to I don't know if you uh, saw that, but... Uh, uh-huh. But why would you poke the bear? You know, why would you... To sell papers, that's why. Uh, other news, the bees suck, and the... Well, they don't suck, right, but... The bees do. The, the, mm-hmm. the bees are okay, but they're now missing, you know, Sedana Char for the next month or two, and Captain Patrice Bergeron for at least a month. Oof. Yeah. Uh, the Celtics do suck. Hey, you know what? It was a good run. What what was it? <laughs> I don't know. I got to find some silver lining in this whole thing. I have nothing left in sports. We've already talked about Thanksgiving. So that brings us to the random video game review of the week. Does it have to be a video game or can I grab one of the board games and surprise you? <laughs> sure. You grab anything that is not uh, anything in this section here that's below the chiclets but not the erasers. Whatever. Jacques getting up and walking over to my wall. Oh, shame. He's grabbing games. He's putting stuff in his pants for some reason. I don't know why. There's nothing worth anything over there. Um, he's thinking about it. He's reading. He's forming sentences. Sentences, you know, left to right, top to bottom, group words together to form sentences. That's how reading works. And now he's painstakingly grabbing a game off of my shelf. I I think I know the game that he pulled off the shelf. I think it's a PlayStation Two game. It's the first game in my collection. I think it's the Atari Greatest Hits collection from the play, on the PlayStation Two. Yes, the Atari Anthology. Ah, uh, 
85 Atari games on your PlayStation 2. Not that PS4 crap. I'm talking about the PlayStation 2. This was distributed in the United States, what, 2004. So, wow, this is a 14-year-old game. A 14-year-old game that contains 40-year-old games. <laughs> this is like Inception for video games. It's, like, uh, it's a retro game within a retro game. It has 18 classic arcade games, including Asteroids, Battlezone, Centipede, Missile Command, Tempest, and more. And these are actually the arcade versions. These aren't just the Atari 2600 versions. These are the arcade ports. So you're not getting the... I mean, I don't think there was an Atari 2600 version of Tempest. I don't think you could have that. Maybe there was. I'm maybe speaking out of turn. I mean, everything was on Tempest. Even like porno games were on Tempest. I mean, on uh, the Atari 2600. I'm stuck on Tempest. But then you also have 20, uh, 67 Atari 2600 games, including Gravatar, Millipede, Super Breakout, Video Pinball, Yars Revenge. Have you played Yars Revenge? Because if you haven't, I have it from back there. Uh, and Warlords. Um, it's a, it's a, I've, I think I've played this game a little bit. I think it's one of those things where it's a, you know, it's a compilation, and you go into like a, a menu where you can select the games, and you can also see like the original arcade cabinets you know this is back before the internet was like humongous on retro gaming this is 2004 pre-internet 2.0 so having a collection like this and and emulating games back in the early 2000s was sort of like the thing where you had to dig for it you had to look for it you weren't uh you know it wasn't like you couldn't play atari 2600 games or uh, arcade games in your web browser like that it wasn't that accessible. So this was sort of like a must-have for Atari fans. And it even has the manual, the copy that I have. Um, it's pretty. Uh, it's a pretty good collection. I mean, if, you, if you're into Atari games, um, it's, this is your bag baby. And even the, um, the Atari uh, arcade games don't just have the black screen. It has the... Uh, arcade overlay so if you look on the on the screenshots you can see that it has you know what you would be looking at if you were what if you're actually at the arcade machine like the graphic overlay around the screen so it, it even further immerses you into that arcade experience so you know a lot of good games did you have what was your i mean galaga was your go-to game but like would you ever play games like asteroids were you ever into like that o only on the yeah uh, and, and, you know the arcade asteroids with a dial no okay oh, or missile command that was with the uh, the 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 roll the the trackball again. Uh, missile Command, big. I was big on the Atari Missile Command. I mean, twenty six hundred. What well, was the, the first the, one? When when it, when, when, when Missile it, Command first came out on, on the Atari? Ar well, in the arcade, that was you know because it was originally an arcade game, but then it was brought over to the Atari the, uh, the home. Yeah, the home the home Atari was yeah, Missile home, Command. Uh, yeah. was, and that was one of the that was probably the first game. Uh, that <laughs> I would skip school and stay home and play. Wow, all day. Missile I mean, command. all day. And you used to get. And it's funny because I heard somebody talk about it maybe ten, fifteen years ago. Mention Missile Command Elbow because the way that you would sit and do it, you you could literally get like a tennis elbow thing, but playing Missile Command. That's crazy. And you know what's funny about those Atari games is that you know you spend all day long trying to get like your high score. It totally erases as soon as you shut the game off. Right, right. There's no battery backup unless you took a Polaroid of the TV screen and it didn't glare so that you couldn't read the high score. 
it was only for you. It was only for your own edification, your own, you know, 10-year-old mind or whatever it was. Um, but I get it. I get, like, that sort of, like, because really when we, you know, us video game players, or the gamers as we like to call ourselves, I think for the most part we're not so much fans of games as we are fans of wasting time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just we don't mind that we're trying to one-up our own high score, our own achievements, and we don't necessarily need to have a record of those achievements. It's now with you know technology being the way it is, of course you can solidify all of those achievements online and in various formats forever and brag to your friends. Why would you? But back then, as long as you knew that you could brag to your friends and say that you got, you know, 50,000 in Missile Command, I don't know if that's a high score, or even like 100,000, you know, where you break the, the 100,000 barrier, you got to the six-digit mark, you know, it's, like, it's almost like bragging about income, you know? It's like, I'm not going to show them my bank statement, but I can say that I'm pulling in $100,000 a well, year. Well, it's funny because it was recently when I was trying to get through the Arkham Asylum thing, and it's like, you're like, yeah, and you get 100%, nobody cares but you, and I'm like... Yeah. But <laughs> you know. shouldn't that be enough? Really? It should. You know, it's kind of like when women are chastised for, you know, you don't have to dress up for a man, you know, and then how the women's usually come, women usually respond, well, I'm not dressing up for the men. I'm dressing up for myself. I'm there to make myself feel good. I'm not playing Missile Command all day long to impress my friends. I'm there for myself. I'm impressing myself. Now, now that said, I have... Not taking Polaroids, but with the phone, taking pictures of high scores, and I have sent them to you, <laughs> and I have sent them to my friend Chris, uh, our friend Chris, our our Resident Evil friend, uh, uh, Chris, who's you should have him back on and do an, an, another podcast too. But yeah, when I've hundred percent at something, is that what you're doing? I'm showing him a screenshot that I took on my CRT. Of a game that I completed about, you know, six months ago. That's fantastic. It's the, you've completed everything in new Super Mario Brothers Wii. And I did that within the within the year 2018, probably 10 years after I, I the can't game see. Show me that. Is, is that Japanese writing under that that says, now get a life? <laughs> <laughs> no, it says, okay. Okay. All right. I never <laughs> learned to read. Uh, but, uh, you know, there has, there's been those times when I'm like, oh my God, it's like I've been on this uh, trophy hunt, not a trophy wife hunt, but a, a legitimately, I got to find this Riddler trophy. I know it's in this part of Gotham City. And I've spent like three or four hours, like the wee hours of the morning. And I find it, I'm like, oh my God, so great. Why am I fucking doing this? Right. And <laughs> instantly. I, I, instantly. Yeah, I get that after, you know, obviously watching, you know, something on Pornhub. Or <laughs> <laughs> but then I'm like, usually I get that if I spend a, a certain amount of time trying to find something and it's just not going somewhere, I do have the wherewithal of saying, you know what? I gotta pull away from this because there's other things I could be doing that, you know, like I don't need this. Like I, 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 I'm I'm becoming aware. I'm I'm starting to learn. Like, no, I shouldn't be wasting my entire life on getting these hundred percent. Now, if you happen to hundred percent Marvel Spider Man like I did, on the only in the amazing level. I mean, I'm not going to brag too hard. I didn't do Ultimate Spider Man. That's 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 a chore. I've yet to try that. But that said, I'm I'm pulling back on like how hard I play these games. You know, I don't try to get. Everything, if it's be, if it becomes like a just a super daunting task, like there are hard, hard video games that I've seen 
professional like YouTubers struggle to beat, like on the Nintendo. You know, like they'll spend like five hours in a and you know and I'll look at these like five hour playthroughs of games that should only take like maybe you know forty five minutes to complete if you but they want to do it the right they want to do it like the long way or whatever. And I'll look at them like, why are you doing this? Oh yeah, because you're getting paid. Because you're on the internet and your income is based on the amount of views that you get and you have, you know, a million followers. That's why you're doing this. And you specifically, there's gotta be those moments where you get an achievement and you're like, Oh fuck, this took five hours. That's ten episodes of card sharks I could have been watching. <laughs> It's classic concentration now. Because <laughs> I need yes. that. It's like, what, like sometimes I'm like, why? So, so this past week, um, I, I don't know why the little guy broke it back out, but he started replaying Resident Evil Seven. I'm like, oh, so I and start to finish. If you do a speed run on on normal, you can do it in two and a half hours. Um, I've been doing it not a speed run, but I'm not getting all the collectibles, but I'm getting all the hidden coins. I don't know if you played it, so you can buy a couple, mm-hmm. a special gun. And it's a four-hour thing. I played it like three or four times in like the past week, you know, after they go to bed. But honestly, from like nine at night to one in the morning, it's like I'm streaming a, a podcast I like or MSNBC or, or a sports radio type thing. It's like not like I'm going to go out to do a movie. And, and what's it going to do? take me away from watching like you know the dark knight returns for the 117th <laughs> time this year it's like so i'm like you're just killing time between batman movies that's, and, that's and marvel it. installments and, right yeah. thank you yeah but i'm like this is what i do it's like i'm not right and then so but, but like you know normies would look at you and go why aren't you watching the fucking uh the celtics game every day? like there's shit there's lots of ways to waste time there's right. lots of ways people just fucking turn it off They've put in their eight hours or less or more at work and just sit around and fuck off. And, and that's what I want to do. Just not think. Right. Just do this. Right. And just sort of ignore Escapism. that you're getting older each and every second of your existence and only getting closer to your eventual eternal demise. So what are you watching on Netflix this week? Uh, you know, uh, I haven't watched that much. I've been playing Resident Evil 7. We're <laughs> uh, discovering that gem. Uh, I am now, it's like, okay, now that I've played it so many times, I wonder if I would want to do the VR version of it. If it would. It's funny you mentioned the VR version, and I think I've joked about this last yeah. week about getting PlayStation VR. They do, they are on sale. The, 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 the PlayStation VR bundles are now like $200. Wow, that's it? Yeah. And it comes with like packing games. And there's a game called Astrobot that's supposed to be like a really fun like VR game that comes bundled with one of the bundles. And But the thing is, I think you also need to... Here's the caveat. I think you also need to buy those PlayStation Move controllers, those, those little glowy drumstick-looking things. Oh. Um, so I think there's more to it. It's like, you know, yeah, I got it's the car, but now, you, yeah, you need the tires as well. And those are extra. So it's probably, you're probably looking at almost 250 maybe 300 But then you're also buying the games to go with it. So you're, it's a slippery slope. Yeah, you're going to buy the Batman VR. You're going to buy Resident Evil VR. Uh, actually, I don't know if you have to rebuy Resident Evil or if there, maybe there is a VR, yeah, there's a VR version of Resident Evil. So you're going to buy the VR versions of these games that come out, but... From what I understand, it's worth it. 
Like it's worth it. And then uh, there's also the thing about whether some of these games run better on PS4 Pro versus the regular PS4 uh, because of the power that is involved. Um, but yeah, from what I understand, PS um, Resident Evil 4, I'm sorry, Resident Evil 7 on PSVR will make you shit your pants. If, which I think you want. I, I do. You do. Like, but that's the thing. It's where I've already played it. Unless they have other jumps, because you know, okay, I'm gonna come around this corner, and this guy's gonna be there waiting for but me. But you've not played a VR game in your life. That's true. So you would be like, first of all, be like, oh my god, like you're 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 totally in immer- immersed in this video game world. You know, you, you're probably if you I could see you on you know day one if you were to get the VR set, you'd probably watch, you know, your little one. I, I think you can also watch their experience on the screen as well oh see that's great i think i think that's how i I'm sorry. think thank you. Right. <laughs> oh thank you <laughs> we have our own little catchphrases on carnival personnel but i could see you you know playing the demo games of one of the more benign games and going wow this is fucking weird and crazy and you and people do get like motion sickness so they get might vr might not be your jam at all so you could probably pour like four hundred dollars into a uh, uh a platform that you won't ever pick up again because you'll be vomiting whenever you try. But the it. little bastards will. Yeah, exactly. They they'll, they'll pick it up. But yeah, I could just see you eventually kind of getting oriented and used to the VR experience, and then you pop in Resident Evil VR, and then you're immediately like, "Oh my god, I'm in the motherfucking house!" Like if I turn my if I turn to the right. I'm, I'm turning to the scared. right. Just, yeah. Just yeah, like I'm turning to the right. Like I'm in the house. Like, and I don't know that I'm not in the house until I take these fucking goggles off. So yeah, it's weird. It's but like you see this stuff online, you're like, I kind of want that. Like I want that experience. Cause you know, it's kind of like when you're it, it, when you get older, you you want to experiment more, you want to do some new things. You you kind of everything is old hat. Now you want to bump it up a little bit. Like you you've played as Batman, you've played in these horror uh, games, you know, it, as immersive as they are, they could be a little more immersive. And maybe VR is the next natural leap. Uh, I think, like, Doom VR is also out there. So, I mean, all those first-person shooters in VR, like, that VR, if it progresses the way it's going and it doesn't become just, like, this sort of, like, 3D kind of fad, you know what I mean? This could be, like, the next level of gaming where... You know, uh, they, they've been working on VR since the 90s, and now it's finally come to fruition where you can actually have a real life, a real good immersive experience and um, and get your money's worth, uh, you know, even though it's an extra $400 to do so. So that's, uh, actually, let me get to my Netflix pick real Please. quick. Uh, it's Mystery Science Theater 3000, The Gauntlet. It's six new Mystery Science Theater 3000 episodes on Netflix with the new cast, and uh, they're, um, it's just six episodes, which is kind of a bummer, but they're really well done. I've been laughing throughout, you know, I've been watching with my my, my younger one. He's way into the Mystery Science Theater, so, um, you know, he's 12, so it's just like, that's the age. And, and it's basically like, it's almost like you're saying, I shouldn't have had Don Rickles as a role model. Maybe the, he shouldn't have Mystery Science Theater as a role model as far as watching TV because now he Mystery Science Theater is everything we watch. And it's Was he Mystery Science Theater? Oh, we watched the next room during Wreck-It Ralph. No, no, no. But I don't think he... Because we were Mystery Science <laughs> <laughs> Right. But um, I actually recognized one of the movies that they were doing. Um, 
Mac and Me, which is an E.T. knockoff, but it was in the 80s. And it was literally a movie made by McDonald's. McDonald's funded this movie. It was a big, giant McDonald's commercial. Um, and it, it, it's awful. It's an awful E.T. ripoff. But then the other movie that they, one of the other movies they've riffed on is Atlantic Rim. What is Atlantic Rim, you ask? Well, it's a movie that's apparently, I stumbled into this while doing the Wikipedia search on it. Like Atlantic Rim is a mockbuster of Pacific Rim. Wow. So this group, this this film company called The Asylum, they specialize in these types of movies. Like they have these the movie they have movies called like Transmorphs instead of Transformers. Alien versus Hunter instead of Alien versus Predator. Uh, dozens of these movies over the past decade or so. They also made a little movie franchise called Sharknado. Oh, I was going to say why do I know the name of this? So the, uh, a mockbuster is apparently one of these like shitty. If you ever scroll through like the depths of Netflix and you say, "Is that Kung Fu Panda or is that like some weird Kung yes. Fu Panda like yes. ripoff? Like, what is this? This kind of movie is sort of their, this company's like niche. But a mockbuster is basically a movie that capitalizes on a movie that's either coming out or has just come out. You know, and it's low budget, obviously. So this one in Mystery Science Theater is called Atlantic Rim. Made, it, I think it came out months before Pacific Rim because I guess you know you know it's in the works and whatever they they, they threw it together. Um, but um, that's that's a, that's a good uh, a good movie to riff on. But yeah, I didn't realize that this group, the Asylum, did that. they did that and Sharknado. Like they were like you you look at these movies and like how do they make money? Like how can they just keep funneling money at these movies one after another like dozens of movies a year you know $500,000 budgets really like low 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 budget but they're still like I guess because streaming services and distribution services are so starved for content that they'll just license them out and you know they'll make their money back eventually if they distribute their movie in various forms and you do 20 of these and along the way you have a Sharknado. Oh yeah, they've been living off of Sharknado for the past, you know, six years. Or uh, correction, they've been living off Sharknado four for the past. I mean, those have actually done like the last one got a theatrical release. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. and it's literally the last one. It's called the last Sharknado colon. It's about time. <laughs> <laughs> so kudos to them. But yeah, check out Mystery Science Theater three thousand: The Gauntlet. Six episodes. We've only watched three so far, but uh, they're uh, they're good. They're good ones. So that's all I got. The uh, it's funny. The one last note. It's like when you said the Mac, uh, the Mac and me. Yeah. Going back to watching the parade, they had the Ronald McDonald float. Still, it's like, dude, are you are you trying to make it look creepy or are you trying <laughs> to capitalize on, on the it thing? Because it's like I'm watching this. It's like. You know, it's, I, I always think of the Jim Gaffigan thing, you know, because he goes off on McDonald's. It's like, you made it at McDonald's. Oh, that food's awful. It's like, it never said it was fine dining. Their, their mascot is a pedophilia clown. <laughs> you know, it's not. It's never been proven. He's never been brought up on such charges. Uh, but, but, oh, wait, it, have you ever seen a chill clown? Let's be real. That's true. I mean, every clown is creepy. We we know this because we've interviewed. No. <laughs> we have um, She's not creepy, but no, she is. Okay, uh, her 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 because she she has three different clowns, and one of them is meant to be. Yeah, I got you. So the other 
It made me think, what's the Goldbergs this week? Or I don't, it wasn't this week, you know, because it's all on, you know, it's on demand or whatever. whatever. They had an ET video game episode. Oh, wow. And it's great because he, he thought it was going to be the greatest game ever. They get it. And he kept falling in that pit, you yes. know, which is a big, at the end of the episode, he had himself, because he recorded everything, finally getting out of the pit, you know. Oh, like, like the actual Adam him, Goldberg. Adam Goldberg has a 12-year-old actually playing. Getting so, out of the pit, yeah. So moving on, parenting tip of the week. You got one. Uh, I do? I don't know. I'm guessing. Uh, you, know? <laughs> you, you know Thanksgiving, I... family. What? Oh, parenting tip. Um, Let's see. Um, uh, um, make sure that if your kids are picky eaters, that you bring them the food that they will eat to the Thanksgiving dinner. So, you know, at some point you want to lead them to water and if they don't drink it, then you bring their own fucking chocolate milk or whatever the hell they will drink. Um, you know, it's, it is what it is. If your kids are, I mean, I was a picky eater growing up. But, uh, you know... I wish I was. <laughs> yeah, I, seriously. <laughs> hey, man, you're bringing this back to your your struggles, not me. Um, but, I don't know. I, yeah, I guess you just keep trying to introduce things and maybe be understanding, but um, hope, and then just hope at some point that they get shamed. Like, kids don't shame each other in person enough nowadays. I think that was the thing. I was like, when I was getting to that age, you know, my good friend Jim would, and his, and, and, and our surrounding buddies would, uh, you know, kind of look at my, my eating habits and go, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why aren't you, like, just try it. Just eat this. Like, just, what are you doing? You know? And then I'd eventually uh, uh, eat other foods and I'd get over myself. And now I am, uh, yeah, and now I have poor eating habits, but at least I eat more than I did when I was a lad. So my parenting tip of the week is... Um, I don't know. I, I actually I don't know what my parents bring tip. food. Bring food for your kids to eat if they don't. If you know that they're not going to eat the Thanksgiving dinner, I don't know. What is Jack help? No, that's I'm good. In no, the, that, I'm in the ET hole right now because I um I I I you know we t- most of the time I remember to do that because you don't want first of all you don't want people to feel bad. Oh, he's not eating. Oh, we didn't know he had you know that Jesus didn't like him and he had these things that he can't eat dairy like that's our kid you know mm-hmm. um so so it takes that away at the same time. I'm hungry, and you're looking at a mountain of food, and you're like, really? There's nothing there you can't eat. <laughs> nothing. You're not allergic to every vegetable and fruit and exactly stuff. Right. Not, but my parenting tip, um, you know, never never miss an opportunity to show your old school coolness to a kid of yours. Um, where our boys go to the dentist, they have one of those – it's a stand-up, old, really, you know, uh, um, an arcade, what do you call it, cabinet type thing? Yeah. And there's like 20 games on there. Yep. And we were playing uh, Donkey Kong the other day. The oldest one was getting... Never heard of it. Go on. And uh, was this, this, this uh, guy, this guy named Mario. <laughs> and, uh, I, and I... Little guy told me it's Rosalina that he is rescuing. Uh, it's pr- I think it's Princess Penelope. Rosalina came oh, in a little late. He's okay. confused. It's not Peach. No, it's uh, another person. Anyway. It's not Rosalina. So, uh, you know, I, I think they unplug it every day and the, so the high score resets. But Dad, who cleared three levels, uh, got to put 
like his name or initials in there, Joe. Whoa. I let him do it. No. And what did I have him put in? Ass. And he thought that that was uh, the greatest thing his father has ever been part of. That, that not only was his father going to do that, but he let him scroll through and hit the ASS. You must have been so proud that he could spell it, first of all. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I spotted him a couple fouls. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but but he did. He did, you know. So never ever miss the opportunity to use some old classic. Because when when are you going to get a chance to do that? Like we were just saying, you 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 hundred percent. You know the Spider Man thing, and it's not like you know Ed McMahon showed up with the oversized check at your front <laughs> door and the balloons and the. Right, and then with that in a public setting, too, you're thinking like I'm putting this in here myself, and other people are going to see this. Jesus. Yes. Yeah, so, so it means more. So, yeah, so that was my parenting tip. Great parenting tip. You are welcome. Uh, so, yeah, so, uh, oh, we, we skipped over it. We have a sideshow this week. We do. It's um, a good a good new friend of the podcast, I guess, or the, I don't know, I, there, uh, there are a couple of youngsters out there trying to make their way in the music world. You may have heard of them because Jacques talked about them a couple of months <laughs> ago when he played Ralph's. With Beyond Did, Dan Crane Beyond Did, at Ralph's. Uh, followed up, uh, they, I think you opened for these guys. You were middle. Yeah, yeah you yeah, were the we, middle. We were in the middle. Rationales. Just like Malcolm. <laughs> right. Well, well, Rationales was second. I forget who the opening band was. The, uh, but then, um, oh, the, the Rationales closed the joint? I forget. No, Ra- no the, Ra- us. Yeah. Us, Ra- Rationales went on after us. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. And then the Gold Star Boulevard. Or is um, I think your management referred to as Jailbait Incorporated. <laughs> yeah, uh, for for very young, uh, you know, decent musicians, you know, good looking kids, uh, fighting through the rough streets of the Worcester music scene. Uh, they're gonna open, or they're gonna they're probably gonna close for I don't know, but they're on the same bill with uh, with Dan and I at Uncharted uh, December fourteenth. But we had uh, Alex, their drummer, come in and uh, spend probably about an hour with us sitting here and you know Brett's girlfriend who I'm not sure she was uh followed any of it or you know I don't think she even wants to be acknowledged that she was in attendance but okay <laughs> uh, but it was fun it was a fun little interview yeah you know? uh, I mean uh yeah so we're gonna play that uh this Thursday so look forward to Gold Star Boulevard on Carnival Personnel uh and um yeah I think uh we learned a lot we learned a, we learned a lot about uh youth uh music uh, influences um, the perils and the pitfalls of trying to make it in the world today. Takes everything you got. Because uh, taking a break from all your worries. That would sure help a lot. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Dun, 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 dun. And they're always glad you you want to go where you know People all are the same You want to go Everybody, everybody knows, knows your name, name. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 Joe, please don't forget 